0: the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and today I have with me Ollie Bridge. He is the Chief Marketing Officer at Bonjoro, a platform that helps marketers send personalized messages to their customers. And today we will discuss Bonjoro's growth story and exactly what strategies work best for them. Awesome, you guys. Hey, we're super excited today. We have Ollie Bridge here from Bonjoro. Um, And I actually have a funny little backstory before we jump into this. I I actually met Ollie, or Oliver, we'll call him Ollie today because we're using the the three-letter acronym. Um, I actually met him in Santa Barbara. How long ago was that? That was, what, two years ago or three years ago?
1: Two years ago, yeah, at um, Entrepol's event. uh, Yeah. uh, Entrepalooza. Entrepalooza, Entrepalooza.
0: yeah. So I was speaking there, and I talked with you guys, and it was one of those things. I think I've been trying to get you on the podcast for a little while because I was A- excited about the product that you guys were building and what you guys were building, what we had talked about. And then B, because we also went out and had beers afterwards and and I can't go into full detail there because we were not outside the statute of limitations on what we could have gotten in trouble in the, in the Santa Barbara area, but we had nothing but a good time. And so I was excited. A, um, I've been thinking about your platform for a long time and there's a number of different things. And actually you guys have since then done even bigger things. I mean, you guys, once again, being, um, you know, you guys have been worldwide, but it was just interesting to see what I originally the use case, what I wanted to use it for, and I still want to use it for, and what we're going to use it for, and then what you guys are doing today. So you guys have done some really interesting things. Um, I think this is going to be a a great podcast, and I think the audience is really going to love it. So um, as we usually do, I want to get to know a little bit about yourself. So we'll kind of jump into some, some not too personal, but personal enough questions. And then we'll jump into what you guys are building, what you guys have built, the future and all the other fun stuff. So are you ready for this, man? Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, sounds good. Well cool Ali. So people that, that don't know you, which I'm have to assume that some people have seen you, you know, once again being the the CMO and and you know having the, the, the big accolades that you guys have, where did you grow up? And where you at well how about this? Yeah, where did you grow up? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, so um, this is cool to be asked this actually. Because I was the thinking today, like lockdown, not traveling anywhere. Not really seeing anybody new. I haven't really had a conversation about like me or my past. So <laughs> like, thank you firstly for asking me this question. Uh, not a problem. I want to know about so, you, buddy. <laughs> so I grew up in the UK um, and actually a little, uh, well, a county called Shropshire. Um, and for anybody that's not from the UK or hasn't visited the UK, Shropshire's like, uh, it's on the sort of Welsh border. It's like the, you know, as far like sort of west as you can go in the Midlands of the UK. Um, and I guess to describe it, it's like the quintessential sort of Victorian farming, sort of county, I guess, of the UK. Like they've still got like an old working Victorian farm that you can visit, all of that sort of stuff. So it was that sort of upbringing. I went to the school in the middle of the sticks, like the countryside. So yeah, yeah.
0: That's awesome. But it still has that. I mean, it still has the vibe. It sounds like it still has the old school feel to it, and a lot of the old school features.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, my mum still lives up there as well. And actually, she's moved even more into the middle of the countryside. So when I go out there, it's, it's really cool. She bought a few years ago, this abandoned water mill, uh, it's completely desolate, like almost like pretty much falling down the roof, and they completely redid it. Um, so it's a really, it's an amazing like, place to go up to and visit when I need that sort of refresh.
0: Do you, do you get internet connection and, and, and Wi Fi and all the other fun stuff? Or is it actually totally disconnected?
1: We do now. Yeah, it's, it's wired in. I think if you'd asked me that, seven ten years ago i'd have said no but now it's yeah it's fully connected we're doing pretty well here in the uk and the sort of rural like connectivity stakes
0: yeah that's awesome i'll tell you that there's a part of me that makes me smile and the other part of me it's also nice to get away and just be able to tell the team hey guys there's nothing I can do like I would love to be more connected but I've just got to take these days off and so there's something about that so the only downside is that if you've ever told your team that they can't get in contact with you now when they hear the podcast they're going to know that you have full connectivity so yeah hopefully that well, doesn't come
1: well back. maybe I'll backpedal on that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no 4g it's only 3g so you know I can't send any bonjour videos when I'm out there so sorry ah, dude, We're going to have to do that. there
0: those. we go there we go now we're pulling back a little bit I like where you're going with this that was kind of my thing I wasn't doing that to set you up so your team would say, wait a second, Ollie <laughs> does, he can get in contact. He can send emails, folks, but nothing through videos. So let's yeah, just, just email. make that official. So so you talked about your mom. How big is your family?
1: Uh, so mom, dad, and then I've got two brothers, so two older brothers, uh, Tom and Matt.
0: Tom and Matt. And so did you grow up a little bit of a fighter because you had two older brothers that kind of, they kind of handed to you or were you guys pretty, pretty kosher?
1: Um, a little bit of a fighter with, with Tom, so Tom's a middle brother. So me and Tom was more sort of, I guess, like we'd do like a lot of play to, play together, like outdoorsy stuff, we'd get into fights, I'd try and like fly kicking. But the thing is, you know, those things, they always escalate. And then if you've got an older brother, ultimately, he's stronger. And, yeah, he's- you know, it ends with him sort of, <laughs> I don't know, Yeah. I- I like the
0: fact that you you even said the fly kick like it. I could just imagine <laughs> like literally you in the air just fly kicking your brother. Uh, yeah. and if you don't know what a fly kick is, Google that because you'll probably like those memes. But that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I, I would. I not that I want to see you fight your brother now because you guys are grown adults. But if no. you guys ever have too many pints or something like that, and you guys are doing a fly kick situation, please send
1: me the video because I would I yeah. would love to see that. That was only half of the time. You know, Matt, with, with Matt, I had more of a sort of placid relationship. So it's like watching him play as Amiga Mega Five Hundred. Him, like, I'll get a new video game. He'd be like, oh, let me show you how it works. He'd play it first and I'd have to watch like, that sort of thing. So that was gotcha. good to see. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Sounds like you had a, a cool little a little family. So
0: anything interesting on your upbringing? Anything? I mean, other than your your family's taken over an, an old, was it a meal? No, whatever. They took over, no, a meal. What was yeah, it? Yeah,
1: watermill. Yeah. Old, yeah. Old watermill. Yeah. This was about 15, 15 years ago. Really cool move. Um, so yeah, my mom bought this place and yeah, it was just nothing, literally a shell. Uh, of a place, but you can sort of picture it this watermill with a sort of stream running by it in the middle of the sort of Shropshire countryside. And actually, now her partner, um, so not married to my dad anymore, so her partner Steve is a builder, and he literally did the whole thing with his bare hands. It was pretty awesome. Like four years living in a caravan next to this place, seeing them do that, it was pretty inspirational. It was really cool.
0: That is insane. I, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for people that are good with their hands. Like I am not like my my wife's dad is phenomenal like he was a woodwork guy actually taught woodwork in 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 school and has a million tools i mean has this and anglers and this and planes and I just am not that guy. Like, literally, like, if my wife's like, hey, we need to fix this. And she kind of looks at me and I'm like, and I just got to put my hands up and be like, with these soft little hands, I, I just don't know if it's going to work. You know, I mean, I'm so, great at finding so. the people, right? I can find the people and I can, you know, I can negotiate. We can do that. Now, I'm great at other things like the internet. I like to think I'm, I'm pretty savvy at. And I'm pretty good at marketing last time I checked and got a podcast and some other stuff. So I'm not doing too bad. But yeah, I definitely, I was not given that gene. Like, my dad did not say, hey, let's go, you know, like, I think I remember one time we did the backyard we did the backyard to do sprinklers and i'll never forget that because he was like we were it was like hard pan and i remember like digging into it digging 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 and i had like blisters my hands were bleeding and i'll never forget at the end of that my dad looked at me and says so do you wanna to go to college now? I was like eight years old or something, nine. And I'm like, yeah, like I wanna to go tomorrow. Can I go to college tomorrow? And that was like, my dad's thing was like, you can either do, and not that manual labor is bad, but he's like, you, this is what you can do. Like you can bust your butt and have really hard eight, 10 hour days, or you can be a marketer and sit in your chair and interview people like Ollie. And I said, I wanna interview people like Ollie. That was very early on that I knew I was gonna interview you.
1: So, I think I'm with you I, on that one. I think
0: yeah, you. I just, it, you know, it's just something, like I said, not that I don't work because I like, I don't mind working, getting in the garage and doing some stuff. But if you got me to build something, pray for me and pray for anybody that's around me because I'm probably, somebody's <laughs> going to get hurt, not in, a, not in a good way. But, um, and then where do you live now? Are you still, you're still
1: in the UK, right? Still in the UK. Um, so yeah, still in the UK. Bonjour is founded in Sydney and we'll maybe talk about that later, but it's still in the UK in a place called Bedford. So mm-hmm. Bedford's basically the last commuter town that gives you good access to London. So Uh, like I was living in London for like seven, eight years. The property prices are just crazy. Like everybody gets to my sort of age. We are having kids, moved out to Bedford. To be honest, I love it around here. It's pretty flat, you know, there's not much for the eye to see, but the community and the place where we live is is beautiful. Like old Victorian terraced houses and stuff and Mm. there's some really great shops and things. So it's really nice. A lot of character, I love that. Yeah, I feel like that I'm kind of that way. So I live in Sacramento which is
0: about an hour and a half from the Bay Area. So your Bay Area, crazy prices, crazy this, crazy that. And Sacramento's a slower town, cheaper, it's still expensive, but definitely cheaper than, I mean, almost everything's cheaper in the Bay Area. Same thing with London, right? It's like, you know, if you go 45 minutes, you know, an hour, hour and a half out, becomes yeah. more, you know, not quite as expensive. And it's a little slower pace, which I really enjoy. I don't, I mean, I'm already in fifth and sixth gear anyways, just in life because I, I talk fast and move fast and do things. So it's nice to have a little bit of a slower environment. So I, I totally get that. So. And then, where did you go to college? Did you go to college in the UK as well?
1: Yeah, college in the UK. So, uh, University of Sheffield. So, mm-hmm. Sheffield, sort of like old, like uh, like steelworks sort of town. Um, and yeah, really cool place. I see really friendly people. Like, I, I think sort of Yorkshire is known for having sort of friendly types. So this was Sheffield South Yorkshire. Um, and I studied history for my BA and then I stuck around, actually stuck around because my current wife now, well, not current wife, my wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so whoa, this, this just in. Careful <laughs> if wifey's listening to this. You're like, my current wife, like, what about your past
0: wife? Whoa, 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 Ollie.
1: My wife actually went away in the third year. So I met her at uni, she went third year. She went to Santa Barbara. She was studying uh, American studies. So it was history plus, um, like uh, uh english literature and american literature um so then she went out there for her third year so i stuck around in sheffield so when she got back um you know i was still around and i could so try and wait, it, get the relationship wait, going. waiting
0: for it yeah yeah, yeah. Waiting so she, for actually, it, yeah. She, she actually sounds very calculated for- right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like we call that stocking but that's okay <laughs> it's, it's, some people call it calculated here in the u.s we call that stocking which is it's, okay. it's cool i mean but you, you you caught her and everything worked out good so she actually went to school in santa barbara
1: yeah 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 you
0: Oh, that's awesome, man. What a yeah. great, I mean, that's where we met, but that Santa Barbara is just awesome. It's just such oh, a great, great community, great craft beers, great food, the culinary, just yeah. everything about, I mean, of course it's expensive, but just an absolutely beautiful area. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then, okay. So you, your history and then you did, and you said you, you stayed around for what, what was the second?
1: Oh, um, uh, English, lit. English, lit, English yeah. lit. Yeah. And then what was your first job out of college? So out of college, sort of weird one, a bit of a curve, but well, not a weird one. So I went into wine, uh, worked for a company out here, really good reputation at the time called Majestic Wine. Um, basically, I wanted to be a, either a food critic or a wine critic, um, sort of with the history and the English lit. And, you know, I did a bit of writing for a uh, school journal. Um, So, I wanted to go down that route. So, I got into wine thinking, okay, if I stick in wine for sort of five years, become like an MW of wine or whatever in 10 years, then I can become a a wine critic. But to be honest, I realized that the retail world wasn't really for me. I wanted my weekends back. So, yeah, I went down another path.
0: But, but wine's not a bad, bad last time I jive. I and mean, I get it, you definitely wanna keep those weekends open. But um, I, I used to be a huge wine con- connoisseur. I still have a pretty good cellar. Um, but I just, you know, it's so funny, it, now that I'm older and I say older in my forties, if I drink wine, I get tired. Like I don't know what it is. Like I and so I drink craft beer because I'm I'm Irish and because there's nothing we can do to stop ourselves from drinking. But you know, but it's just crazy. Like I have great wines. In fact, I we talked about it at Christmas. Obviously, it was weird because of COVID. But I have like great wines, I gotta open up, they're gonna go bad. And I just every time I have a glass of wine, I just get
1: tired and I don't wanna be tired. Like I wanna be go, go, go. So it's that's crazy. I don't know. It's crazy say that. I have the exact same thing so you really really yeah yeah i do yeah so i drink craft beer now instead of wine it's really weird because i love i love wine my brother's really into wine the, the omega 500 brother not the other brother and um yeah, he's got a great cellar, but I just can't drink the stuff anymore. It's really See, weird. Maybe I, it's there's some digital marketers like- why It's, this we've tire?
0: been we've been plagued. And then what's really unfortunate is, and this is a long story, but I invested in a restaurant and I got wholesale prices. So I used to get some of the best wines for like crazy deals. And so I used to pump the cellar and put all kinds in there. And I haven't bought anything in the last probably five, four, maybe four or five years. And so I have all this wine, that like great wine that people go, oh, I can't believe you're not drinking that. And I'm like, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things. So anyways, we'll, I'll have to open some wine. Maybe you and I will have, next time I see you, we'll sip on some wine and take a nap and be in bed probably by 7.15 <laughs> or something like that. But you know, yeah, it is, we'll, we'll try, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Bonjour. Like, I wanna talk about like, how did that process, cause obviously you were doing the wine thing. Like, how did you jump into marketing and how did you define those guys? Cause obviously they're in Australia. They're a little bit of a hop, skip and a jump. Well, tell us the story there.
1: Yeah, so I went and said, from wine I went into the SaaS world. So I joined a company called Gorkana, which uh, ultimately it's a sort of PR media database, so a database journalist. journalists. Um, that was my first sort of job in, in London, sort of in the city itself. Um, and they sold, they were a startup at the time, about five years into their journey when I joined, they sold, the two founders did really well, sold for about 25, 30 million. Um, and that gave me a bit of a taste of seeing the inside of a company run really well. Um, from sort of early stage making that exit lot, what sort of systems it took that sort of thing in the SaaS space um, so then after that I thought okay I want to stay in this SaaS world so I've sort of jumped a little bit from SaaS to SaaS um, until in 2014 I thought so of started my own business um, but you know, three years into that I was just struggling not really growing it right but Matt so I had a mentor at the time when I was starting that business who is the bonjour founder matt barnett who actually i know from way back in the day i went to primary school with him I didn't actually talk to him wow. for about tw- 20 years until he sort of got in touch and said hey I, I see this business you started up in london um i've got a couple of businesses back here in australia that i started um do you need a mentor i'm happy to sort of talk you through coach you through his a bit further ahead in the journey um so we sort of came back together he came over to london as well we went for a beer and then at that point he said you know, this was when I was sort of winding down my own business and he was like, hey, look, we're looking for someone to join. Do you wanna get involved? Um, but I guess he de-risked it a little bit from his point of view. You know, he could see that I was like a driven entrepreneur was trying to do my own thing. I sort of gritted it out for a few years, didn't quite make it. And that's the sort of person he wanted at the time. So I joined, joined Bonjore. That's crazy. So you guys went to,
0: to primary school together and 20 years later, he's like, hey, looking for a mentor? And you're like, hey, why not? And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, this isn't working out. Maybe what do you guys got yeah. going on over there? That's, that's awesome. That's I hadn't a,
1: seen him for like the age of nine, 10 till I think it was like, maybe I was 29, 30 when we sort of came back together. That's crazy. I don't even think
0: I knew that, but I mean, not that I know everything about you, you know, but uh, that's crazy. That's awesome. So then, so tell us a little bit about Bonjoro. I want to uh, like, give us, get, tell the audience and, and like give them a, a better understanding of what you guys do over there.
1: So put simply like on a simple level, Bonjour is basically a video email tool. So we help you send videos uh, to your customers or your leads, your prospects via email um, to to sort of forge a better connection, to cut through in their inbox and and all of that sort of stuff. But actually it's, it's more than that. So like video email is one thing, I think a lot of people are sort of doing that nowadays sort of in the space, but what really we're trying to do and be different is we hook up to your existing tools and your existing funnels to notify you at the exact moment you should be sending a personal video to someone to create a connection. So as an example, if you're a photographer and you've got uh, like a, maybe like a lead magnet or a a point on your site, like a form on your site, that someone would put an inquiry, um, they'll put their inquiry in, you'll get pinged on your Bonjour app, either in the the web app or your mobile app, and it'll say, hey, you need to send a video to this person Um, and you can create like a templated sort of thing, like a video landing page, send your video and get it done. And the big thing we're trying to do is make this scalable to lots of different points in the customer journey. So whether that's uh, prospecting, converting, onboarding new customers for SaaS companies or uh, retention or trying to win people back, like all of these points in the funnel, we're trying to make it scalable. So we're really going sort of into the nitty gritty of how do we actually make this a thing that people can do at scale.
0: So i tell you the, the reason why I love this and I, I loved it two or three years ago when we talked about it is what we're doing and we're, we're still going to do is create a course. And so the simple use case for us was going to be like, Hey, somebody signs up for the course. And then I say, Hey, John wanted to thank you so much for signing up for the course. And they're going to be like, dude, that's crazy. I just signed up for Shane's course. And he just sent me a video email saying that, Hey, thanks for signing up for the course. And now you guys have taken it to the next level. Like, Hey, if there's you know five touch points, because I can only imagine if there's somebody's kind of skeptical, I'm not really sure, and they, they give you their email address, let's say, as an example, to get onto something, and then you say, hey, wanted to th- tell you, thank you for joining, John, and they're going to be like, you got to be like, how, how did Shane just, know, like, how, how does it on that level be able to, how does Shane know that I just signed up, and why does Shane care, and now I feel like I'm getting that type of service, like people are like on top of it, like that's insane, like most people, that I love the ease of use and, and then how that's gonna work because it literally to solidify a deal or a lead or get somebody excited about something takes seconds, right? I mean, if you have a phone, which last time I checked, I think most people do. And most people have this thing called video on their phone, which is, you know, if you have an iPhone or Android, you have this, you literally can just do a quick video, which is gonna be phenomenal. And you're thanking somebody for that. Like you talk about the personalization of that is, is
1: insane. Like, yeah. it's just, it's silly. Well, we want it to be it's a, almost our mission as a company. We want, if someone receives a bonjour and it hits their inbox or in the future if it's SMS or on social, wherever it comes, it doesn't matter. The medium doesn't matter. We almost want that person to know this thing has come from a bonjour user. So I know it's truly personal to me. So if they, that sort of connection takes place, right. like you know, right yeah. now, I think if you get it, you know, it comes in your inbox and it says something like, you know, I recorded this personal video message for you like that's a great you know, way of getting someone's attention so we want that to become sort of synonymous with us but also at the benefit for the benefit of our customers so they you know if you've taken the time to record a video for someone you want that person on the other end to to know that this is something that's truly personalized for them and it's funny like going back to when we met i think it was we were really starting out it was really about onboarding So as a SaaS company ourselves, it was using video to personally welcome new leads to try and make them stickier and like activate with our product. And I think that's when we met, we were there. And then over the course of the next two, three years, it's really been about listening to what people have done with our product. They've like lots of different companies from all different walks of life and different countries have come in and just like unpicked it and found out really cool ways of like adding video to different points of the customer journey that surprised us. And that's what's really fun about what's happening right now.
0: And that's that's what I liked, because I, I still think the you case that I wanted to use it for a few years ago when I was creating the course and still creating the course. That's what I love about it is that you that you for you guys, right, you guys have a a, a foundation of what you've built and you have other people that have said, hey, we're using it this one. You're like. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Like the fact that you're using it, how you can, once again, use it as a touch point for that audience to be able to let those people know that you're excited, thanks for signing up, whatever that is, or just to give them a personalized video is crazy when it comes to personalization. And the fact that we have talked about this a few years ago, um, I was thoroughly impressed with the only downsides. Once again, I didn't, my course didn't fully come out and we're still working on that. And obviously you and I are talking now about that. So so who would be like in your mind, who's like the perfect target audience? I feel like anybody that wants to be closer to the audience and wants to be more in touch with their audience is, is the, the perfect audience, but who is your target audience?
1: Yeah, so anybody that wants to sort of build trust with their audience, but really our sort of ideal, we call it ideal customer profile. A lot of people have different terms for this, but there's sort of three industries really that we're speaking to. So the first is uh sort of creators, online creators, so that could be online course creators, memberships, online coaches. Um, Second is SaaS companies, so like ourselves, who might be using it uh, to onboard new customers, um, that sort of thing, or using it in a sort of customer success sphere in a way. Um, But then also e-commerce, and e-commerce has been really interesting because that's sort of come out of the blue in the last year, and actually e-commerce companies are using this thing at bigger scales than we thought Bonjour would be used for. So sort of thousands upon thousands of personal one-to-one messages being sent by e-commerce companies to thank their customers, to, to ask for reviews, all these sorts of things. Um, so that's exciting to us because we're thinking, you know, how far can the scale thing go? So we're going to start sort of speaking more to these companies and sort of chasing that scale thing. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: scaling's always the big thing, but you guys have such a solid platform. Scaling is not going to be, it's really just, that, that's the issue with it is that there's so many people that it can be applicable to right? So it's like finding, figuring out where that okay. really is going to yeah. make the traction. That's always the hard part. When you have a product that you feel like everybody could use and it's like, that's, people think that's awesome, but it, it's also not good because you're like, well, who do I go after then? You know, it's like, and it's nice that you have these three areas that you guys have kind of narrowed it down. Allow me to interrupt the conversation, Ali, and talk to my listeners for a minute. If you need help managing your online visibility, my team and I can help. We offer services including online PR, SEO, content marketing, influencer marketing, and more. To get more information on these services, talk to my team at shanebarker.com. And now let's get back to the conversation with Ollie. And yeah. I, I, w- I wanted to talk about, you guys are what, over 50,000 users now in 20 countries? Yeah. So that's, you guys have the data now too to say, hey, listen, this is where people are finding the most success. And it's in SaaS companies, it's creators, it's course creators. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about that journey because you guys, I know you guys are one of the fastest growing companies or SaaS companies in Australia.
1: Yeah, so... I think the first part of that, I guess it's like, how did we get to that point? And the first part was, I think a lot of companies come on the scene and there are other video email type companies that have come on the scene. But to have the impact that we've had, there's been a number of different channels and and ways that we've approached it that I think have helped us. The first one out the block, and you might remember this from when you met us, was trying to be different. And I think a lot of people are scared of being different. So when Bonjuro came out, we had this sort of, if you've seen our logo, we've got this sort of kooky little bear. He's actually called Juro um, from Bonjoro. He's Juro the bear. Um, and we all, we did this thing sort of very early on. If a customer came in and sent 1,000 videos for Bonjuro, we'd send them their own bear onesie. And we all had these sort of, when you join the company, you get your own personalized bear onesie with the Bonjoro logo on, and we sort of run around in these things. And, and it sounded a little bit like cringy in some ways, but when you're starting out, you've got to divide people. You've got to say, okay, I'm happy with some people hating what we're doing and other people loving what we're doing because the loving, you know, the people loving what you're going to do are the advocates and you need those super fans early on. So a a really big part of our early growth was definitely the super fan thing. And that got us a lot of things, like a lot of mentions on stage from influencers where we weren't paying them. We weren't asking for these things. They were just uh, sort of delighted with the way we were going about our business and sort of fell for it a little bit. You know, it's just, yeah.
0: I, and you and I have talked, well, in the last few months, I honestly, I love that bear. Like I, and it was, which is funny to me because like, when you talked about, it, you're like, oh, we're not doing the, the bear thing as much. And I was like, like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, that was like your, your Instagram there was always between you or i think it was matt was the other ones always in the bear outfit like and you guys were there at santa barbara and i remember thinking and i do agree that it's like some people are like oh that's cheesy but for me i'm like that's kind of cool like you guys it's almost like we don't care not that we don't care but it's like like we're just gonna be this is us like this is kind of how we are and i remember for me like culturally like when i looked at that and i was thinking the cultural of the company like that's when i knew that we could go out and have some beers and i'm like these guys this is gonna be some fun like we're gonna have some fun with these guys and we had an absolute blast with you guys but it's like that kind of like, here we're building a, a, a you know a legit SaaS product, but we're also, we're gonna have some fun doing it, right? And to me, that's really important because it's not easy and it's stressful and everything else got plays into that. But I love that attitude of like, hey, we're gonna hustle hard and work hard. And we got this bear. And it just, I remember the one, like I literally remember the onesies. Like I remember that. I didn't know you guys sent them to people, I mean, I wish yeah, I would have yeah, sent yeah. out a, 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 a thousand videos because I would take a onesie in a hot second. I would have wore the onesie <laughs> right now on a podcast. Wouldn't have had that much impact, but that's good to know. It's good to know if I hit a thousand, I might get a onesie, but that's awesome, man. I mean, I just that just differentiates yourself. I mean, that's that personalization of like, right? Like, yeah. can you can you imagine receiving a, a bare onesie? Like, I mean, I it's like, that's awesome. I love that. Absolutely and there's a, there's love a,
1: there's that. A, there's a lot of things that come with it. So what we were trying to do is the ethos of the company was, We wanted to get away from we're another company that's just going to do video and we wanted it to be actually this isn't about video this is about customer delight so i thought a big thing like internally at the company when we launched was how do we make people feel like they can delight their customer and one of the ways we could do that was to embody it ourselves so this sort of playful side of bonjour was about embodying customer delight and then we did a lot of other stuff and this comes back to like our second growth lever which was to build very early on what we called like a customer delight engine so it's like when a new lead comes in the door how do we do everything in our power to make them feel delighted with the experience having a bond so this is like over and above like activating a new customer like on a product level it's like how do we like sprinkle customer delight in their journey. So they really truly think this is different. This is cool. I'm gonna become an advocate for these people. I'm gonna tell everybody I know about this company. So that's something we did and we made that systematic. And I think I don't know many companies that are doing that
0: to be honest. Customer delight. I like that. I mean that's really that's really just making them feel special. Right. I mean really yeah. what it comes down to and it's like what do we need to do to once again, I, we always call it like under promise and over deliver of like, you know, because nobody, when you sign up for something, nobody gets a personalized video or gets a bare onesie if you hit a thousand. I mean, you guys are trying to figure out kind of ways to, once again, to make it so that people are delighted. I love that. I, I love the delight thing. I think that's a great term for it as well. So I want to talk about that a little bit because obviously you guys have done a great job of, of delighting your customers, right? And, and I love that side of it. Thanks, Ollie, for the great insights. Unfortunately, though, we're running out of time. and We have to end the podcast segment here. In the next segment of the Marketing Growth Podcast, Ollie and I will talk about the best ways to reduce your overall churn rate. Stay tuned.